don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Wardell brought <laughs> brought to you by Greg Crone. Those are hmm. those are words. Greg, thanks for, thanks for sponsoring the show this week. Uh, as I mean, absolutely. I, I, how could I not? <laughs> Is it clear that I've record, been recording ads this morning? Uh probably. It seems <laughs> it seems pretty uh, pretty. You know. Oh jeez, I'm losing it too. Look, you've got me. You've got me in. A, you've got me tongue tied. Strong uh, start for both of us. <laughs> and you know, the the logical thing to do would be to start over. But I'm not going that route. I'm not going that route. Not interested. Absolutely in it. This not. Is, this is 2020, and uh, it's just it's just what we get. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. I want to. You know, we're halfway through the NFL season. I want to talk a little bit about uh, football futures, and I've got all the. Uh, all that information open in front of me at Bavada Sportsbook. But before we get to that, Gregory, I want to talk about a little text that I sent you a little earlier today. MLB.com's John Morosi reporting that the Mets, Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, and Cardinals are viewed as the strongest candidates to land Francisco Lindor from the Cleveland Indians. How do you feel about this? What are we offering? Like, that's really what I a would lot. need to see. It's going to be, lot. like, my guess is a lot. Lindor's got two years left on his contract. He's young. Contract isn't ridiculous. You're going to have to resign him to a contract that is ridiculous. But uh, I mean, if we're, you know, we, I know you're not as into the Phillies farm system uh, as, as nerdy I am, but with, with Spencer Howard in the majors, the top prospect is it's probably Bryson Stott until Mickabell last year's first round pick out of Oregon proves that he can actually pitch the major league level or even the minor league level, considering that there was no minor leagues last year. Um, other high upside guys, Luis Garcia is viewed as a, a ultra high upside guy as a shortstop, but he's in, uh, he's in just low A, I believe, and kind of struggled in his first year in low A just because of how young he was. I think he was a year and a half, to two years younger than the average person in that league. And then there's, uh, you know, Eric Miller is a lefty. You have Francisco Morales is a righty in the top. Adonis Madonna has been around, uh, Medina has been around forever. And, um, my favorite prospect in this class, and the guy who I've talked to you a little bit about, is Johan Rojas, who is, I think he's, oh man, I, he he and Garcia are certainly the the guys who give you the best chance at a star at the major league level. Rojas is in that, you know, you don't want to compare anyone to Juan Soto because that's not fair, but he's like, he's that archetype of player. He's a center fielder with a big bat who is going to be a high, you know, a high level center fielder. So there's a, like, I don't want to deal Rojas. I don't want to deal Garcia, but I would deal Stott. You know, Stott was always kind of just a safe pick when we took him a couple years ago. He's 23 now. He probably makes his debut next year for the Phillies, if not next year, the following year. I would deal him as the best prospect. I would be willing to deal with Francisco Morales, give them a, a righty starting pitcher, and then a couple of other guys, maybe Casey Martin. Casey Martin out of Stanford last year was viewed as another really high upside guy. He's been good in instructionals, but uh, it's it's going to cost, is my point. Well, I mean, listen, we just watched an inept front office trade a number of you know pretty decent prospects uh, mm-hmm. for a guy with two years left on a contract. 
might as well just do it again. No. You know, that's that's probably what'll happen. I mean, I'm fine with. I'm I'm honestly fine with it because you never know. And we lived through the years of uh, untouchable Kyle Drabeck, untouchable sure. Dom Brown, untouchable this guy, that guy. Um, so as long as it's not absolutely fully mortgaging your future for one player, I'm willing to take the risk of getting an established, you know, a really established player, all-star caliber level player, uh, versus, you know, a potential of what may be. So I'm fine with it. Obviously you're much deeper in the prospect world than I am, but, um, it's because I, you have I, more of a life than I do. Well, potentially. <laughs> I, Chris, you're talking to the guy that watched uh, uh, um, First Kid and then was in the middle of watching Blank Check before you called. I wouldn't say this is a life. Um, it's a life. <laughs> it's certainly that. You know, I don't. It's it's an interesting <laughs> one at that. Um, am I right to remember that Kyle Drabeck was off the table in the Cliff Lee trade? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then he was eventually back on the table in the Roy Halladay trade. The thing, you know, I, I don't know. I'm. Do we have any reason to be concerned about Lindor, who sort of became a superstar the second he got into the majors in 2015, right? He had 313, slash 313, 353 that first year with 12 home runs. Then all of a sudden, uh, he you know comes back. He's a 300 hitter again, 15 home runs. 2017, he decides he's more of a power hitter. Starts hitting 30 home runs a season, but the, a- the average drops down to 273. Then he goes to 30, probably, you know, arguably his best year in the majors in, in 2018. Uh, 38 home runs, 92 RBIs, 277, 352 slash. But then, you know, it you know it goes back to 284 after that. Last year, 258. Are we, are we at all concerned that, like Real Muto... One guy is not going to change this team from being an outside to an inside the playoffs kind of kind of roster. Well, Lindor still doesn't fix your pitching problems. Pitching is he helps it though because he is a defensive shortstop. That's fine, but the 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 pitching the pitching problems excuse me the pitching problems on this team are what held it back the last two years from being a potential fringe playoff team. Mm. Instead, they're a team that fails consistently to finish games their bullpen was like historically like the worst ever i think in this shortened season um it's just it's just not good it's not it's not good (laughs) in any way so adding lindor while nice sure obviously it means didi's gone but um which i don't know how i feel about it but that's neither here nor there um it's it's fine you know lindor is obviously an upside uh, upgrade Sure, uh, but it's still like again, sort of like you mentioned. One player doesn't change the out, uh, the you know, the prospects for this team. And until you resolve the pitching issues and the bullpen issues, it really doesn't matter. Like if Lindor will be nice; he'll sell tickets. We'll be happy if we're allowed to go. Yeah. It, you know, but it's 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 not gonna. It doesn't it doesn't excite me and and think make me think this team or front office has any idea of how to put a competent baseball team together. Well, and this, this off season is going to be so interesting because of the limited amount of money that's out there right now. Right. You know, you saw a guy like Brad hand who was largely considered to be one of the absolute elite, uh, elite relievers in baseball or elevers, which is a combination <laughs> of the word elite and relievers uh, in all of baseball, just a stud, a guy who just shuts down opposing teams and he went unclaimed to $10 million on waivers. So like that that blows my mind that there's just no money out there for pitching right now. 
I, I just, I don't know if I'm Lindor. I believe he costs 20 million this year. And then, you know, I, he's got one more year under contract. Then you're going to have to long-term deal him, but probably going to rip up that contract and for the extension anyway. It's just, that's a lot of money to, to give to a Francisco Lindor. And you would have, you know, Lindor and Bryce making what? 60, $65 million combined. John Middleton's worth like $3.8 billion. I am so tired of hearing about baseball teams and their and their their money problems. Like mm. these these teams don't really have these giant money issues when their owners have have unlimited funds. Three point eight billion dollars is unlimited funds. Now, right. obviously, it's not all that, liquid. Yada yada yada. That's so naive, though, because it's, we you guys you forget. And I understand the perspective that you're coming from here as a baseball fan, where it's like there's no cap. We can spend as much money as we want. Yes. These guys own these teams to make money. This is a business for them. They are they are trying to generate more money than they spend. So there is a cap. It's just it's not a real cap. But every single team has a top a top line dollar, and they're not going to go over it because it's just not worth losing money for the right to have a baseball team. Win games, win titles, make money. That's how it works. You saw what happened with the Phillies in 2008 when they were contenders in 2009. Opened a new stadium, too. uh, Sure, opened a new stadium, but that success from that team landed them an insanely gigantic TV deal. Mm -hmm. That TV deal they got from Comcast was, was... unheard of I guess at at that point for a Philadelphia sports team and it's because they were successful and people wanted to watch it their ratings were soaring because they had a good team that contended that won a championship you make money you sell merch there there is so much Phillies 2008 World Series merch in my house currently (laughs) I I think I paid for Chase Utley's salary at one point like that's how much merch was uh, that I have Um, the IRS is gonna want to talk to you eh, that's fine Uh, the but that that's my point the the teams that should worry and they do worry about things like this are teams like the Florida Marlins, where all their owner ever did was be as cheap as possible. Hey, we got lucky. We put together a super group of young guys with mixed with like two veteran minimum guys, and hey, we won a World Series. Now let's go back to stinking uh, forever. You know that's that's the problem. Like you, we act like the the profit margin for a baseball team is is the biggest issue to focus on. If you win. You will make money. You will have sellouts. You will have people in the stands. You will have insane um, television contracts. Like these things matter. They make they make a difference. The reason why you have to worry about money is because your team consistently finishes in fourth place in the NL East, and nobody gives a shit because you you don't have a closer. Your bullpen can't hold a, hold a lead ever. Um, your biggest star, you're wasting his his prime years by not putting anything around him. Like it, it's bizarre. It's bizarre to me to have this argument of hey, they're there to make money. Yes, if you win and you are successful, you will make money. That's how it works. All right, well, then let me ask you this question since we're talking, Lindor. Currently, Philly sit at plus 4,000 to win the World Series next year at Bavada, which is a little bit lower than halfway uh, among the odds for teams to win the World Series in the bottom half, but the top of the bottom half. How much does that change with the addition of Lindor? I mean, I think it would jump up a tiny bit. I, yeah, I don't well, know. then that's a reason not to trade for Lindor, isn't it? But here's here's the problem. Here's the problem. Lindor comes, Real Muto goes. For now sure. I have I have Lindor leading into Andrew Knapp at catcher, and I want to throw my television screen out of the bay window in the front of my house. Like <sighs> fancy, I, I, can't, 
I can't. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can't. I can't do. I can't do Andrew Knapp as my starting catcher and ever take this team seriously like they could contend for literally anything. I just well, can't. You know, the name that keeps getting thrown out there is McCann, and I think that there's certainly a possibility that they'd be interested in a guy like McCann to replace Real Muto. When you say McCann, you mean the younger McCann, correct? I mean Chicago White Sox McCann. Okay, not 700-year-old Brian McCann, who I have a feeling just has to still be in the major leagues somewhere. I'm not sure I'm not talking about Brian McCann. Oh, God. If, if we're talking Brian, former Atlanta Brave Brian McCann, I can't take that. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. Okay, thank God. It. Whoever the McCann was on the White Sox last year. <laughs> okay, good. Because I, I would have a problem. I would have a problem with that. But I, I'm fine with, with I'm fine with doing literally anything at catcher that isn't Andrew Knapp as my everyday catcher. Like literally anything. Yeah, James James McCann. There you James go. McCann. Born okay. born in Santa Barbara, California. Beautiful place. Beautiful place. You should. Everyone should live there. If you are multi millionaire. I don't know if infrastructurally we could all live there, but I, I get your idea. California is one state that does put that to the test. <laughs> Let's see how many people we can cram into this tiny little area. It, it's the the population density. Looking at like the coast versus inland is is crazy, but a lot of that is homeless people. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I, I I don't know if it's worth it. I don't I don't know that I would pull the trigger. I think that that money can be better used in a lot of other ways. You know, I would love to have Real Muto back, but I don't think he's coming back. It just came out today. He shockingly declined the I, QO. Who I saw, couldn't believe it. Who saw that coming? By the way, I can't believe they didn't offer Didi the QO. That's a that's a move that's going to bother me. I know that the Dang. whatever whatever it is, eighteen point nine million is more than he's going to sign for for one season, but. It's perfectly realistic that he's going to get a 230 contract from somebody or something like that or or 333 or something along those lines. I don't know that he would have taken the QO just be looking for long-term certainty, especially next year when the shortstop market is really really good in free agency. So, I would have gambled, uh, you know, if he declines it, you're going to get comp picks. If he accepts it, then you have DD for a year and then you worry about it next year. It's because we have an incompetent front office. They don't know what they're doing. And now, because you do have someone in New York and with the Mets, you have a guy who's going to spend money. Mm -hmm. You will never get anyone. You will never outbid somebody who uh, clearly, from all conversation, does not care about spending money. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to be an issue for the Phillies for a very long time. And it's disheartening to see this at the beginning, you know, as we head into whatever this new non-Wilpon tenure is with the Mets, that we are just legitimately like hands off. We're just gonna, we're just gonna, you know, let people walk and go right to our uh, our rivals. Well, good times, and I do think Real Muto is in a Mets uniform next year, so. <sighs> I'll be sick. I'm throwing up. I'm gonna throw up right now. Like that's gonna be that's gonna be my reaction every time he takes Spencer Howard deep. You know, on it's gonna be an uncountable number of times. Weird shot at Spencer Howard there because it's not I like trying, it's, I was just trying to pick someone random. It's not like they're keeping Spencer Howard at the cost of Real Muto, but. Yeah, no, I do think that's going to happen. It stinks because you don't even get the Mets' first round pick in that scenario from them signing him because they'll be a, it'll be a top, it'll be a protected pick in the top sixteen. So you'll get a you'll get a sandwich pick in round one, and then you'll get the Mets' second round pick as a Type A free agent. So great. Yeah, I mean, I, the Phillies have never messed up a draft pick before. So <laughs> never. I feel, good, I feel good about that. 
I feel pretty good. Uh, I want to I want to change course here a little bit, Gregory. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I believe we were looking at odds for who was going to win the Big Ten. Well, Bavada currently has the Penn State Nittany Lions at plus one hundred thousand to win the Big Ten. How do you feel? I mean, is, is that is that right or is that too high? I mean, Chris, they're very good. They're yeah. so good. I've never seen a team this good. Uh, they're an absolute embarrassment. It, it just, just it, those odds are perfect. They should actually be higher. It's that, it's that unrealistic that this team can do literally anything. Um, their their defense stinks. Their mm-hmm. offense is so one note. It's it's laughable, honestly. Like it is, it's painful to watch. Like you, if you watch that Maryland game, and then you think about how much. To a uh, to his brother, um, to Elia, to Elia, yeah. If if you watch how much he struggled in the first game of the year, and he was better, he was better week two. But then you hit this week, and you made him look like he was like the best quarterback in the country. Mm-hmm. And all he's doing is throwing slants. At, you throw a five yard a five yard slant, and then the guy goes sixty to the house. Like I sure. don't understand it. Like it's 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 actually like. Thank God I don't really get into Penn State football because if I did, my head would explode on a weekly basis watching this team. I mean, they are they're they're the worst team in the Big Ten, and it's not close. Um, so obviously Sean Clifford's still a junior. There's been a lot of talk about will they make the move and play Will Davis. What what do you think they should do? Try literally anything. I, I don't see what Will Davis, sorry. I don't see what moving on to, to him would would not you know like what does that hurt Clifford's been garbage yeah he has not been good it's not like it's not like we're losing despite Sean Clifford's heroic performances he can't hit receivers he's extremely inaccurate he's so reliant on trying to throw to that Fryermuth dude but that guy's double covered it's it's yeah. similar to it's similar that Fryermuth like, dude that the best tight end in the country arguably sure that's fine but he's double covered because of that because yeah. of that reputation and when you continue to do that and you're relying on circus catches from receivers because you can't hit anybody, it's it's really bad. It's really bad. I just I don't understand how and, and and it's it's weird. Like Penn State can just never find a quarterback. Like legitimately since I've been following Penn State, I, I don't I don't remember them ever having a good quarterback. Like Anthony Morelli was terrible. I guess Daryl Clark was like all right. Like uh, that's fine, but like, it's, what are we going back to Zach Mills? Is Zach Mills the last good Gregory, quarterback? Gregory, who was the quarterback pre... Um... Pre-Morelli. I no, can't think no, of no, his no, name. No, 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 oh, Okay, before Clifford it was... Oh, uh, Trace McSorley. And before Trace McSorley it was... Oh, the the guy from the Jets? Yeah, That yeah, guy yeah, yeah. stinks. I mean, he's he's in was in the NFL. I mean... Uh, yeah. Hack, I, Hackenberg's for his best year was, of course, is that first season with O'Brien. But I blame Bill O'Brien more than anything else about that. I don't know. Like, if a guy gets to the NFL, it's hard for me to say he stinks. Matt McGloin made the NFL, Chris. Tell me if Matt McGloin's any good. I mean, he's a good college quarterback, and so is Trace McSorley. Uh, I, I, All these guys, you, you could argue Penn State's a quarterback factory. Good college quarterbacks win games. They yeah. don't win games. They do not win. I don't care about your stats. You can throw for 800 yards. If you lose, it doesn't matter. 
I thought there was going to be more to that. No, but. no. Well, I was trying. I was trying. I was. I was racking my brain for more random college quarterbacks I wanted to throw out there who could put up stats, but their teams don't do anything, so it doesn't matter when. Like, like if you look at so what Penn State won the Big Ten two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Was that the McSorley Saquon year? And then they ended up not making the playoff. It was either two or three years ago, whatever it is. Like that's the most success we've had. And and even then, we spited ourselves because we made a terrible play call, and it's on James Franklin. You lost an Ohio State game that was essentially the, the decider between going to the playoffs and not, and it's because you you, you just don't come up big ever. The fact okay. that you're 0-3 right now, and mm-hmm. it's been to uh, an Indiana team, which obviously now looks a lot better. That loss doesn't look as bad as it did opening week after Indiana's just throttling of Michigan over the weekend, who also stinks. Um, but to, to lose to Maryland in embarrassing fashion is, and like just begging for that last touchdown to make it a 14 point game when everybody knows that game was never close. It's, yeah. it's awful. It's, it's awful to watch. Okay. A couple things. First of all, George Bush is the decider. So I don't want to hear anyone ever very, be called a decider true. again. <laughs> Secondly, I'm a little bit surprised this offense hasn't done better. Obviously they've been decimated at the running back position, but Fryermuth is there. Jahan Dotson has really stepped up and become a playmaker for this team. You know, that to guy's the po- great. To the point where Dotson may end up declaring for the draft this year, and I didn't, I didn't see that coming, uh, heading into the season. So yeah, and also kind of a receiver factory, by the way. Uh, Hamler, Chris Godwin, there, Allen Robinson. There's just all kinds of Penn State receivers in the NFL. Dotson will be the next one. I, I, it is a little perplexing why this team isn't better. And you're right. You know, they seem to have a difficulty getting that that top notch quarterback, and when they do, they have they seem to have some difficulty actually turning him into a top notch college quarterback. The you know the elephant in the room here is Justin Fields is playing for Ohio State right now, former Penn State recruit. So this team looks a heck of a lot different with Justin Fields a quarterback, but it know, looks they're, they're, competent. There's with a reason. There's, there's a reason that Justin Fields isn't the quarterback for the Penn State Nittany Lions right now, and that's yeah. uh, more indicative of the problems that the school has. It's the program. The program. Honestly, they should have just folded it after all the Sandusky <laughs> stuff. Wrap it up, throw it in the trash. It's over. It's mm-hmm. completely over. The, the like the other people that I know that I went to school there with that that live and die by these these Saturdays in Happy Valley are just clueless. They're clueless to how poor this team is. The expectations are always way too high. Mm-hmm. Like they're just they're just unreal. Unre- yeah. To think that this team could ever contend for a national championship is bizarre. It's just we're done. We are the uh, we're the Tennessee of the Big 10. We pretend that we matter but we really don't. You hear that, Penn State fans? Screw you for caring, you dumb idiots. <laughs> well, it's delusional caring. You can care. Like, I pretend that the Eagles can win the Super Bowl every every year, and mm-hmm. I know that's almost never going to happen. I got lucky once that I was right, and that's really it. But it's it's that similar thing with this team. But they they when's the last time Penn State was in, like, a real national conversation as a contender? Was it when they won the national championship and, like, the – early 90s or uh, late 80s. Are we talking about the was? like Kerry Collins era? I, I'm talking, look, when did they beat Miami? Hey guys, Chris here to let you know that this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you in part by Swanson Health. 
Swanson's been with us for a while now, and they're genuinely one of our favorite companies to work with because we know that when we recommend them to you, we're recommending the best. Swanson Health has been producing quality vitamins, supplements, food and beverage products, healthy home products, and self-care products for over 50 years. And they do so from the heart of America. In total, they offer over 18,000 items, including a full spectrum of wellness products for the mind, body, and home. From quality vitamins and supplements to cruelty-free beauty items to eco-friendly home products, Swanson Health is here to keep you healthy. And I would say that right now that's something we're all concerned about. A while back, they were good enough to send some goodies over to Underdog HQ, and the one I want to talk to you about today is the Real Food Whey Protein in Chocolate. What drew me to this is that the Swanson Real Food formulas are sourced from actual foods, you know, real foods. There's no artificial flavors, no colors, none of that bad stuff. I'm sure you know that some whey protein powders can be um, chalky, but that wasn't the case here. This was a decadent flavor that supports energy and keeps you full. So if you want to check out the Real Foods Whey Protein or any of Swanson's other great items, use the promo code SPORTS20, S-P-O-R-T-S-2-0, and you're going to get 20% off site-wide and free shipping on orders over $50 at Swanson.com. Once again, that promo code is SPORTS20 at S-W-A-N-S-O-N.com. Hey guys, it's Chris to let you know this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you by Himalaya Botanique Toothpaste. I'll tell you what, the good people over at Himalaya were kind enough to send us over a little goodie box to try out their stuff. They sent the neem and pomegranate toothpaste, they sent a couple of whitening complete care versions, and also another complete care toothpaste. I was excited to try this out. I busted out the, the big bottle of neem and pomegranate that they sent, and I'll tell you what, I really like it. I've never been a fan of mint, so normal toothpastes are a little bit off-putting for me, but the pomegranate here is a really nice, subtle taste that I prefer. So Himalaya Botanique, our sponsor for today's episode, is a toothpaste that's free from fluoride, SLS, and artificial colors and flavors. But unlike other similar toothpastes, they do not compromise on flavor or performance. Himalaya toothpaste is always bursting with foam and flavor. That's true, I attest to that. They may have started out as an advertiser, but this is going to be a good deal for them because they're going to have me as a customer for a very long time. If you'd like to join me and try some yourself, you can get 20% off Himalaya Botanique toothpaste on Amazon with the discount code Here's Y20 H E R E S W H Y two zero. Check out our show notes for a nice easy link on how to get it and more details on this episode's sponsorship with Himalaya Botanique. They beat Miami and I think I swear it was like nineteen eighty nine or something. Like that's that's really the last time this this team ever mattered. Like it's, I'm looking it up. It's it's like Todd Blackledge era QBing. It's 1986. Uh, it, they won yeah, the national championship. There you go. 1986. That's the last time Penn State football mattered on a national scale. For positive things. For negative things, they matter oh, yeah, yeah. way too often. That's that's true. Um, look, let's, I want to talk about the NFL. People have been uh, skeptical of my considering my bullishness towards the future of the New York football Jets, Gregory. And I've been saying it for weeks now. I feel good about the Jets' future. And I feel good about the Jets' future for one reason and one reason only, and he's currently the backup quarterback at Clemson waiting to get cleared. (laughs) Uh, I think we saw last week, well, this past weekend, how much 
Trevor Lawrence means to a team. You literally, you go from a couple of weeks ago when Clemson scored 73 points against Georgia Tech to losing to Notre Dame, a good Notre Dame team, but losing to Notre Dame while being replaced by the best quarterback uh, prospect in the country in DJ uh, Uyagalele. That's how much Trevor Lawrence means to this team. Trevor Lawrence is the game changer of game changers. I don't like to get hyperbolic with this stuff, but it's difficult to say that he's not the best quarterback prospect I've ever seen in a life largely spent covering the NFL draft. So I'm excited about this Jets team. They almost beat the Patriots. And by the way, that would have been such a Bill Belichick 4D chess move to drop a game to the Jets to take them out of that number one spot so they couldn't get Trevor Lawrence and not have to face Trevor Lawrence twice uh, twice a year for the foreseeable future. But the Jets currently sit hundred and plus 150,000 to win the AFC East. Uh, I believe those odds at Pavada will be much, 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 much lower next season. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't shock me that um, we 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 want to sit here and talk about how good Trevor Lawrence is. I don't I don't really think it was all on the offense or the reason why Clemson lost to Notre Dame. Speaking of delusional fans rushing mm. the field, oh rushing the field, crazy. rushing. I don't even not even pandemic related, right? right. To throw COVID in the trash. One, because if Trevor Lawrence can stand on the sidelines, he should be allowed to suit up. That makes no sense, Mm -hmm. regardless. But number one, you're the fourth-ranked team in the nation. Yeah, it's true. You're the number one team in the country while their starting quarterback was out. Get back in the stands, people. You are dumb, delusional, and you're going to get killed in the playoff if you make it. Act like you've been there before. Pretty much. I mean, that's that's not a rush the field situation. I know they're no. ranked number one. I get it. But there's situational awareness and they don't have it. Yeah. Um, you're not like but, you're not like South Florida beating Clemson. Exactly. It's not Syracuse when they beat them, what, two years ago or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's a completely different scenario. You're supposed to be as good as them. That's how that works. That's when you see the little four next to your name. That's that's what that typically stands for. You're mm. a very good team in college football. Hmm. Um as far as as far as the Jets go, I, I mean, how, how do they blow that game? The Patriots were like dead and buried, and at halftime, and they looked like they had nothing going on. I mean, I guess I know how they did it because it's it's the Jets, but Flacco magic. Yeah, but he looked good in the he first look, half. He did look good. He's throwing. He, he looked like old Joe Flacco. He threw pa- deep balls. He passed Joe Montana all time for career passing yards during that game. One of the most bizarre, yeah. Uh, one of the most bizarre stats you're ever going to read. Um, yeah. The fact that Joe Flacco's ahead of Joe Montana just tells you where the games come uh, from a passing standpoint in 20 plus years or 30 plus years since Montana was a quarterback. Um, but well, to t- me, can I tell you this, Greg? Joe Montana leads Joe Flacco in total phone conversations with me, so that's all that matters. <laughs> that is. I'll take that. I would I would I would take that. If I'm Joe Montana, that's something I'm celebrating. I'm popping the I'm popping the Miami Dolphins esque champagne bottle yeah, uh, t- over that stat. Go ahead and spend that spech- uh, that sketcher shape up money and celebrate. <laughs> I don't I don't uh <laughs> sketchers money. Wasn't he sponsored by gummy bears too? Didn't he have a gummy bears? First of uh, all, I don't I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, I respect the hell out of it because gummy bears and gummy worms are delicious. But <laughs> the sketchers shape up stuff was not well, that was that was so below Joe Montana. Well, of course. Of course. Uh 
it's just it, the Jets. We said we talked about it a little bit, like I think last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. How frustrating it has to be as a fan. First of all. You don't want to win that game. No. Like you don't want to win that game in any way. And here you are just flat out dominating in the first half. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm infuriated that it was ever even that close that we actually had a chance to win that game. Like, there's just, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. The Patriots are just as bad, though. I mean, the Patriots, they said, I think when they scored, and Cam scored the first quarter touchdown, uh, Steve Levy said it was their first offensive touchdown in the first quarter all season. That's crazy. That's a Jets stat. But it was for the Patriots. Yeah. Like that's, that's insane. I uh, think the Jets – I've come around to your thought process of the Jets are going to potentially be good. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their skill positions aren't as bad as I, as I thought. I liked what I saw out of Denzel Mims on Monday. Um, oh, fuck Denzel Mims. That's my, that's, that's my that's position. That's fine. What uh, he had to say about Philly, Denzel Mims is a coward. Sure, that's uh, I'll, I'll grant you that. I'll grant you the cowardice. Um, but over overall, I think I think this team might be okay if if they can add the pieces that we talked about in the past. I think remember wasn't it Elave, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and Travis Etienne? Well, I mean, you're what does about- what does Etienne mean right now? By the way. I mean, uh, we we saw how he looks without Trevor Lawrence right now. Well, he t- would still have Trevor Lawrence. That's true. Well, on, <laughs> on Tankathon right now. The Jets pick 126, 33, 65, 90 in the top three rounds. You got to think they're going to add to that with a uh, a Sam Darnold trade that I think probably nets them a second round pick. But they they would be adding Trevor Lawrence, number one. Uh, they'd take Rondell Moore from Purdue, who we I don't think we've seen yet this season, but an electric wide receiver probably wouldn't be the direction I went, but whatever. And uh, an ETN at 33. So still adding quite a bit of uh, punch to that offense. And that's what they need. They need to be able to consistently go out there and have whoever gets the ball be somewhat competent. And mm. and I like Frank Gore. Uh, you know, keep chugging along. But uh, sure, if, we, if you're going to win in the NFL, Frank Gore can't be can't be your starting running back. It's just it, it just can't be that way. Well, they announced that they're going to be giving Michael Pirine the uh, the bulk of the carries moving forward. I would have appreciated Michael Pirine getting into the end zone Monday night for for. Other purposes, but that didn't happen. So it, I'm, I'm glad they're going to start that now after I've uh, I've decided. Well, if we think the Jets can turn things around, and by the way, uh, we, with this new proposal that came out this week, if there's games lost due to coronavirus, the and the playoff field will be expanded from seven to eight. You know, maybe the Jets sneak in. Uh, <laughs> the Jets are plus two hundred and fifty thousand to win the Super Bowl at Bavada right now. So that is quite the payout if you're and willing value. to put some money down. You want to talk about value, Chris? I think that's where you're going to find it. That's the thing, you know, and I, I forget if it was Parks or Rec or The Office or what NBC show that it was on, but, you know, it, the line was if anybody ever gives you 10,000 to one on anything, you take it. And this is well above that. So, Chris, if John Bon Jovi ever wins an Oscar, I'm going to be a very rich man. Who where was, was The it? Office? Oh, it's right. Kevin. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, um, I, knew, I knew it was an NBC show. <laughs> it's to. <laughs> To me, like the the Jets, I I don't think I want them to potentially be good. Like I I think with all those guys they can be, but there's just it's like a franchise that has that just cloud over it, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, and yes. also Adam Gase. Yeah, well, and he's there yeah. intentionally at this point, and you can't think anything to the contrary. No, he has to be. It's I, at first I wanted to deny that, but there's there's almost no doubt that he's there for a reason. It's. 
it's bad. It's bad, but hopefully, hopefully getting a little bit brighter. I, I mean, that's that's the only outlook I guess you can have if you're a Jets fan. What what else? What what's shocking to me? Those those rules you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Those rules are like specifically to make sure that the Eagles don't host the playoff game as like a seven <laughs> nine and one, a seven eight and one uh, division winner. Like yeah. that's absolutely the case and the reason why they did that. They're gonna cancel like week seventeen on purpose just so they can do that. It's just bizarre. Well, absolutely bizarre. The NFL Eagles had another positive test today, so let's let's just worry about getting uh, getting the week. What is it? Nine, was, ten game in on the books. Was it a coach? I saw it was yeah. a coach. I don't think something. they've announced who today's was, but they just say staff. So it pro- probably was a coach. The last time they said staff, it was a coach, and yeah, everybody's still right. working virtually. I you know I don't understand the like allowed to practice. But then they work virtually past that. Like, what? What does that mean? I, Chris, none of it makes any sense. None of the none of the stuff ever makes any sense. <clears throat> you just it's it's a situation where everything just feels yeah willy nilly with the NFL. We're just gonna do. We're just yeah. You guys had a guy test positive like two days ago. He's in the huddle with you. Yeah, we play Thursday night football. It's fine. Mm-hmm. No worries. It's just it's just bizarre. Well, let me ask you this. Where is your confidence level right now in college basketball being played? Because we're starting to see schools shut back down. And, you know, the the, the thinking all along, uh, I'll, I'll at least speak for Berkeley around here, was that you, I believe originally they were going to have the option to go in person up until Thanksgiving. But after Thanksgiving, it was going to be completely virtual for the rest of the semester. Because, you know, that's the time that everything's going to get spread when you everybody's flying and everybody's going to see family and all of that stuff. Uh, what is your confidence level in terms of college basketball being played? Because we're, we're set to kick off in two weeks. Uh, I'm not I'm not overly uh, confident we're going to have a, a very deep college basketball season, unfortunately. I just think that the, the worry about spreading the disease and the worry about people getting sick, the travel... Um, but it seems like we don't care about those things anymore. Well, sure. It's a whole new world. So, um, yeah, maybe we do. Maybe we don't, uh, maybe they just try to burrow through it. Like Mm -hmm. just, just absolutely, you know, fly right through the disease, right through the positive tests, quarantine a guy, do this, do that. Who cares if he's on your bus or he's in your plane, (laughs) whatever, uh, and they, they maybe they just power through it, but I'm I'm not overly confident that we get a, a full season again. Well, Bavada has my cats at plus seven hundred and the odds on favorite to win the national championship. So I would uh, would like to see a season played when uh, Villanova is shaping up to be so good. Yes, I would. I mean, listen, I want college basketball back when I don't even really have a, a, a dog in the fight. I just like college basketball. For somebody like you. Where your team's the basically the odds-on favorite to win it all and the number one team in the country, yeah, I, I would expect the excitement level to be there. By the way, you're it's you're gonna get annoyed if I move back to the East Coast. You're gonna be annoyed by how many texts you get saying, "Hey, do you want to go to the Villanova game tonight?" <laughs> well, I'll go. That's fine because then it's gonna be a lot. I'll be allow, I'll be able to rub it in my uh, my my brother's girlfriend's face, who's an alumni of Villanova. I will be able to be like, "Ah, look at all these games I'm at that you're not at, and I didn't even go here." Oh, I yeah, really no, don't I, even care. I just want to go watch basketball. And you know, I'll spend recklessly, so I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure what the the uh, these prices and how much availability there is for courtside tickets at Villanova, but we will sit. We will have very good seats on a very consistent basis. So I ah, that works for me. 
Uh, and the, the really expensive thing for me is going to be Sixers games because I just, man, I... I got to I got to sit courtside for the first time in my life this year, and I did I did it two days in a row. I went to the Kings Timberwolves game when uh, when Alexis' brother was here over Christmas. God, it seems like almost a year ago now. We went to the Kings Timberwolves game. This that was the coolest experience of any sporting event I've ever attended. Um, finally, found courtside tickets for a price point that was acceptable, still terrible, but acceptable. <laughs> So I pulled the trigger because it's always been it's always been my dream to sit courtside in an NBA game. Um, and we got the coolest thing, though, that we got uh, VIP parking for the Kings. And I don't know why anybody like if you're going to a Kings game, spend 40 bucks on the VIP parking. Like you legitimately pull into this private uh, private garage, like under uh, under the by the building, like right next to the stadium. You walk into like the this back back entrance in the like bowels of the stadium it's so cool it just that's that's awesome it 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 does it feels it's it's amazing like i it literally took us 90 seconds to get into the building and when and when we were leaving you know two minutes to get out of the building from our seat to our car in about two minutes um can't beat that and uh you know the sacramento you get a bunch of you you have a bunch of access to restaurants and stuff for free but that that's that was cool. And then we went to the um, we went to the Stanford Kansas game and sat courtside under the basket in Stanford. And at one point, actually, I'm on TV. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I have it on my DVR, but I'm on TV because in the second half, Devon Dotson uh, goes to hard to the basket, slides into the crowd, and he slides into my legs, and I help him up. Look at you! Well, get, but, get, getting involved by help him up. I mean, I like kind of like put my arm down to help him up, but <laughs> not. It's not like I'm like here you go, sir. Um, but yeah, at some point I will look at that. I will watch that. But yeah, no. Uh, watching those tickets, watching the prices of those tickets, because I got so mad. Um, probably like six years ago, I would say six or seven years ago, I. I sent a text to someone who we both know who uh, was mm-hmm. w- once a friend and I would not necessarily clar- classify him as that anymore, but an acquaintance. And I said, Hey, it's like 450 bucks to sit courtside for this garbage Sixers game tonight. Do you want to go? And he said, no, that's too much. And like, I, I wouldn't, I would, if, if you, somebody offered me $450 courtside tickets at this point, like, I don't care. I'm pulling the trigger. I'm going, like, it's just, it's done. I will buy two. I will take somebody else. I don't care. I want to go. Um, so yeah, there's, you, get, you have an addiction for courtside seats. It's so much fun. I, it's I don't, I, so much fun. I once sat like three rows back under the basket during the tanking Sixers years. Um, and it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome but to be that close. There's just nothing like like your feet are on the court. Like you know, there's there's nobody in front of you. Your feet are on the court. Like you can hear everything that's going on. It's so much fun. And that uh, is that is pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I look forward to. Trust me. There's money's going to be spent in that regard. I'm. It's yeah. Just it's going to happen. Um, but we're you know trailing off into into weird fantasy wish fulfillment stuff right now. <laughs> so. Let's let's finish up with this the Eagles game this weekend, Gregory. I would have said a couple of weeks ago that this wasn't something I was going to be concerned about, but the Giants looked like a passable football team this past weekend or their their previous uh, game. Sure. Um 
the Eagles look to be getting Miles Sanders, Alshon Jeffrey, and potentially Isaac Sayamalu back. But, you know, again, I just, I don't know how much I trust this team at all. How, before I get into the line, how are you feeling about the Eagles right now? I think confidence is at an all-time high uh, for the season, (laughs) outside of before week one. Before week one, confidence was at uh, the highest it's been. Then the actual games happened, and the team's been terrible, and everybody's been hurt, and you just have no no confidence week to week what's going to happen. You have to sit there and just stare longingly at the fact that maybe we'll get healthy, maybe mm. we'll have a shot, the division stinks, like maybe we're good. But now, you, you, when you win back-to-back games going into the bye, mm-hmm. there's almost no way you can't be any more confident, especially coming out playing a, a team that you've already played, you beat in sort of humiliating fashion for the Giants, considering mm-hmm. they probably should have won that game. Um, I, I have to have this irrational faith that, that this team can, can get this done. Now, on the flip side, yeah, there is the pessimist in me that says we are going to lay the biggest egg you can possibly lay mm-hmm. as an Eagles team and drop a very winnable, should, should be easily winnable game. And, and we're going to give the Giants hope that they can come back and win the division and Daniel Jones is the best. But then I heard a stat. <laughs> I heard a stat uh, about Daniel Jones. Yeah. And I believe as a starter, he is like 1-18 in 18 against mm. all teams that aren't the Washington football team. Oh. He happens to be 4-0 against the Washington football team, but he literally can't beat anybody else. It's... It's insane. So I have I have very much I have very 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 high levels of hope here, which will probably burn me. Let's yeah, be honest. For sure. Uh, I'll most certainly be disappointed around like three thirty on Sunday afternoon when the the Eagles are down by ten points with eight minutes left in the in the fourth quarter, and I'll just think, how did we get here again? It, it, the Alshon news being back, Sanders being back. If you're telling me that I don't have to see Nate Herbig anymore, I'm also fine with that. Herbig is fine. I don't I have no problem with Nate Herbig. I do have a problem with what's what's going to happen on that line. And my guess is you are going to be watching Nate Herbig, unfortunately. Uh, uh, I mean, that's fine. I, I'll take it. I guess. I, I don't know. It's it's a bizarre it's a bizarre season. It's a bizarre season. But if I can get. Some guys back. Alshon, I picked him up in fantasy like three weeks ago under the radar, just mm-hmm. in case. Just in case. If, even if he has to just garner the attention so other people can get more open. Right. Let Jalen Rager play. Let, let's, 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 let's go. Yeah, no. It's Al, Alshon, I'm assuming he's going to be on a pretty strict pitch count for the next couple of weeks. But when healthy, Alshon and Fulgham should be the outside receivers. Rager should be the slot with Goddard. And that's an, that's an interesting offense. Uh, the offensive line is confusing to me because, you know, Peters was brought back to be a right guard after Brandon Brooks got hurt. And now Maialata was a revelation playing left tackle. And Doug's like, you know, he'll learn from being on the bench, despite the fact that the this exponential growth came from him actually playing in football games this year. Uh, that's how he improved. But, you know, why play him at left tackle and put Peters at right guard where we signed him to play and solidify that offensive line when Jason Peters can continue to play left tackle at a adequate clip? I mean, it Do- doesn't make sense to me. Let's be perfectly honest. Within like f- 
10 offensive snaps in the game. Mylotta will be back playing left tackle. Somehow Peter, Peter's made it last week. <laughs> Peter Peter's undoubtedly will get hurt. Like well, that's just going to happen. He could be back at right tackle too because who knows what's going to happen with uh, Lane Johnson. He's allegedly feeling better with the ankle and knee, but I get the impression that's going to be a season-long thing. With all of that prelude uh, in the books, the Eagles are three and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, the the Giants plus three and a half at home. I, I love at, the Eagles. Yeah, that's I'm 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 a sucker. I'm a sucker for for those types of things. Three and a half feels like it's low. The Giants are. That's what I was going to say. Are you surprised? Bavada's got the line here. I I do. I am a little surprised because I feel like there's they're putting a lot of weight into the Giants' win over Washington last week. Yeah, but let's be honest. The, the Giants played Alex Smith. Like, and I know Alex <laughs> yeah. Smith threw for 300 plus yards, but the guy hasn't played. I mean, what? He took a couple. He finished that one game earlier in the year. Yeah. When when Kyle Allen got his uh, his concussion, and now he had to finish this game with Kyle Allen. Uh, you know, basically dislocating every part of his leg. Um, yeah. Uh, which. Which, thank thankfully, I didn't see. Like I saw the one angle that didn't show anything, and then as soon as the the red zone channel was like, "Let's zoom in on this," I was like, "I don't need to see this." Thank you. TV's going off for like mm-hmm. ten minutes. I'll come back to it. It's fair. Um, but I think I think we're we're giving a little too much love and respect to the Giants for beating a very very mediocre Washington team with a backup quarterback. Yes, yeah, Smith, you know, threw for a bunch of yards, but also threw for a bunch of interceptions. Yes, exactly. It's, and you know, you can't really blame him. Game speed is a tough thing to have after, what, 18 months of uh, basically missing missing from action, just like, aside from a couple of quick snaps, like you mentioned. So um, it's, it's weird. It, and it, it's weird. I'm not sure what they're trying to accomplish. I would think that this team it would at least want absolute certainty in what they have from Dwayne Haskins. But it seems like it's just, it's over. The Dwayne Haskins era is just done in Washington and he was a first round pick. Yeah. Very, very stubborn on Washington to, and not surprising. Let's be honest. They're not the the best and the brightest uh, when it comes to the front office. So yeah, but Riverboat Ron, man, he gets to make the decision. You would think he was, he would at least want to see what his quarterback can do. It's, it's it's also bizarre to me for Rivera to give up on him this quickly. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. And I know and I know you have the the previous the previous relationship with Kyle Allen from Carolina and all that fun stuff, but let's let's give. I mean, the team was never winning a Super Bowl with Dwayne Haskins. Let's give the guy a season to to really try to develop in an offense mm-hmm. and see what he can do. Dwayne Haskins. Is a very talented passer. Like yeah. he, he, I mean, he didn't set records at Ohio State by accident, right? And it, like, I, I just think that not giving him a longer look is is a real mistake. If I'm being perfectly honest, and I think, I think he'll get a shot somewhere to to try and make. Uh, you I'll know, tell you where it move. is. I'll tell you where, where it is. is. Um, I've been, you know, I've been calling Darnold to New England for quite a while now. I'm also going to go ahead and call Dwayne Haskins to Pittsburgh. Ooh, Big Ben. I mean, you can't be there forever. He, I'm, he can't be there much longer if his knees don't hold up. I mean, the the the, the running narrative of just how often Big Ben gets hurt is yeah. just—it's actually insane. He's I, he's I, Jason Peters if he stayed in the game. That's <laughs> a good point. I am shocked. I am shocked he came back in that game on Sunday. Yeah. Um, just based, I mean, I know they were losing, and you're seven and zero or whatever, and you want to go eight and zero for the first time in franchise history, but. 
you have a bigger game. You have bigger games coming up. You have Baltimore on Thanksgiving. Like, just just take a seat on the bench, Ben. Let Mason Rudolph, I don't know, do hmm. something. Probably throw an interception. Yeah, I, I don't know. Or make some anti-Semitic comments. But uh, or some racist comments. But that's neither here nor there. Look, allegedly. What's allegedly. It? allegedly, but I tend to believe <laughs> he did. Um, what's more important is the stat that I sent you yesterday, and that is that as of right now, the 3-4-1 Philadelphia Eagles have a 79% chance of winning their division, and the... 8-0 Pittsburgh Steelers have a 73% chance of it's winning insane. their division. It just speaks volumes about how bad the NFC East really is. Like, they're so bad. And yet, and I know... Sorry, God. No, I was just going to say, I know the Cowboys are dealing with injury issues. The Giants and Redskins, were ne- football team, whatever, uh, were never going to be good. Um, this year, at least, there wasn't a ton of expectations around them. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Saquon going down really, really hurt the Giants. But, uh, I mean, to, the fact that we're in... We're in a position where we're three, four, and one, and we're in the lead for the division, and also have a better like chance of closing it out than undefeated teams in their own division is wild. And yet, the inefficiency here: Bavada has the Steelers plus five hundred to win the Super Bowl, and the Eagles only plus four thousand. Plus four thousand, buddy, to the bank. I yeah, I'm probably <laughs> not gonna put that put money down on that. I'll tell you what, this is the. This is a really, really tough year to guess who's going to win the Super Bowl because the the Chiefs have looked beatable on occasion. You know the the Steelers look good, but you know there's there have been cracks in that armor. the The Saints have looked terrible and great. The Ravens have looked terrible and great. The Bucks have looked terrible and great. The Seahawks are going to have to outscore everybody on any given day. I just I don't know, man. It might be my guy Josh Allen and those Buffalo Bills. I so I had an argument over the weekend. I have a a cousin who is a diehard Bills fan. Uh, I, the reasoning behind him being a Bills fan is his parents at one point lived in Buffalo before he was born. So that really doesn't that really doesn't check out. Sure. So whatever. Um, but regardless, um, he was over him and him and my, my younger brother were picking up a couch that is going to be put into a new house for my brother. and Wait, which brother? Mike? Mike, Mike. Okay. yeah. Oh, how about that? Uh, Mike is Yeah, no. It's, it's very strange. Uh, strange times. But um, the, the conversation on my front lawn as he is telling me how amazing the Bills are and how they're the best team in the NFL and they're never going to lose again. They're oh. the best team. And they're going to win the Super Bowl and it's over. I have to take to tell every Bills fan, just take a deep breath. Just relax. I, I The Bills are very, very good. Yeah. They're very good. I do not have faith that this team is going to win the Super Bowl just yet. I think that there are a lot of factors that go into winning a Super Bowl, and I don't know if they're all there. If you watch some games, they look unbeatable. Their offense was fantastic against Seattle. Seattle mm-hmm. also has... One of the worst defensive te- uh, defensive secondaries of all time in the NFL. Oh like yeah, they they are not a good defense. So let's. I think they've given up 300 yards passing to like six of the eight teams they've played this year, or something like that. So I, before we before we anoint the Bills or the yeah the Bills is the next greatest show on uh, AstroTurf or whatever they're they're they play on up in in Buffalo. I guess it's just probably just snow and mm. broken table pieces. Yeah, yeah, a lot of ice. Um, yeah, it's I, I just. I worry that there's a level of overconfidence coming from Buffalo. Do I think they're very good? Absolutely. Do I think that they 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 could run into some issues? Like you can't 
You can't run for like 60 yards and then be like, dog, how good is our team? If someone mm-hmm. with a competent secondary shuts down guys like Diggs, guys like John Brown, uh, you know, Cole Beasley, if, if they can stop that for even a tiny bit, like there's just you, – you're running back – or your running game isn't, isn't at the level that it needs to be right now. Now, no. Zach Moss has been very good, Singletary – Singletary's pretty good, but I, I, I just I lack some confidence in that. If if they can shut if you can shut Josh Allen down, I think the Bills are very beatable. Well, I just think it's pretty crazy that in a draft where quarterbacks go one and three and the guy who goes thirty two wins MVP at like <laughs> twenty three years old, there's an argument argument to be made that Josh Rosen is uh uh, you know, not good. But yeah. but there's an argument to be made that Josh Allen is the best quarterback in this class, and that's crazy. Yeah, no, I I agree. He's been he's been fantastic. I mean, he's he's quietly worked his way into the MVP conversation, which is insane to say, and I think kind of unexpected in in, in some people's minds. I, I to me, it's it's crazy. This entire year, this entire year feels extremely wide open, like you were saying. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, would I be shocked if the Bills won the Super Bowl? No, but and. and but I also just I always I just the Kansas City thing is where I run into everything, and I know they already played once, and there was bad weather. There there were mm-hmm. so many factors in that game that it's hard for me to it's hard for me to get a real gauge on what that matchup would truly look like in 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 you know regular regular game conditions. So I'm I'm excited for the remainder remainder of the NFL season as long as we get it. Well, I think I do think we're gonna get it, but. Uh... You know that's a a fun place to leave off. If uh, if ever there was one, if there was a cliffhanger, I don't know how to do it any better than "Will there be an NFL season?" <laughs> Tune in next week to find out. Until then, this has been you're wrong, and here's why. I've been Chris Horwardell. He's been Greg Crone. This episode brought to you by Greg Crone, and we'll see you <laughs> next time.